Hey there, I'm your host, Stephanie Lugo, and welcome to the Market Authority Show. If you have found your way here, you are a real estate pro who's ready to transition from chasing leads to getting dream clients to chase you. This podcast is where you will learn modern real estate tactics to attract, connect, and scale so you can get paid consistently, connect with dream clients, and keep your sanity. Let's get to it. Andrea, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to get into it. Um, For those who have not connected with you before, can you share a little bit of where you are now and how you got there? Yes. So I, (laughs) okay. So where I'm at now. So I run my own business. It's called Southwest Sampler. I help to showcase everything in the Southwest from different resorts, restaurants, local businesses, whatever it may be, I'm here. So I started this about eight years ago and I've slowly but surely been building it into my full-time career. And it's been my full-time about four years now. So I'm actually in my own office now. I have a team behind me, manager, assistant, brand coordinator. So it's come a long way. That's that's a big change because when we spoke the first time a couple of years ago, you had just gone full-time and I don't think that you had a team yet. That is super awesome. Congrats to you. Thank you. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit of the growth that you've seen in the last couple of years, because I don't think that I realized that this has been an eight year endeavor for you. That's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. How have you seen it change like in post pandemic in the last like three or four years specifically? It's been interesting because when I, I feel like I started at a really good time, again, it was eight years ago when blogging was a thing. Influencers were, they were a thing, but not as much as they are now. So it's interesting to see the dynamic of where it was compared to where it is today. There's a lot of people that are out there trying to do exactly what I do. And a lot of them are very, very, very good at it. I'm super happy to see that. So it's definitely interesting to see the fluctuation in that. Um, As far as go back to your second half of that question. I want to I want to hear a little bit about like the big things that you're doing now and like um, how how you've seen this kind of evolve because it's one thing to be posting a little bit about community highlights not that you were ever just only doing that but now that you have a little bit more production value you've got like the team helping support you what does it look like today and what kinds of experiences are you sharing like just give me an overview. So when I first started, I was mostly sharing different hiking destinations because that's what I was more focused on. Over time, I started to notice that I can monetize off of it. So what I did is when I would go to hiking destinations, I would look up different resorts or hotels or activities in that area that I can then reach out to. I started a lot of this doing it for free. I just wanted to get my name out there, get my foot in the door. So that's how that started. I just really put myself out there, tried to meet the owner of wherever I went. I met the manager. I really just put my face out there for people to see, did a lot of it for free. And from there, I started to gain the analytics behind, okay, so I posted this now have you had, I would reach out, have you had anybody come? Have they mentioned my name? Just really started to get insight to what I was doing. And from there, I just started to transform what it is today. So today it's more so I get reached out to, I mean, that's why I have all this team behind me, which is awesome. But now I have actual stats and I I have everything needed to present to a client. So Let's say 
And I hope I'm answering your question. Yeah, no, this is great. Okay. So let's say a hotel reaches out to me. So the reason I charge for the content that I produce is not only the time that it takes to go to the said resort or hotel, but it's also the time it takes to create the eye-catching content and just really gather eye-catching and experience. That's exactly what I'm all about is an experience. So I go based off that, off of the stats I was able to get from my, pre my previous hotel partnerships. So let's say I worked with a hotel in Sedona. Typically what I do is I offer a discount code for my audience to use. Through that discount code, we're able to track ROI. So when I'm able to see the numbers backed up based on that discount code, I know how much this client was able to get back in revenue when working with me and how I gauge now my budgets. That's how I monetize. And just moving forward, that's what I do. So <laughs> it's changed a lot. Yeah, it's been a, a good learning curve, I would say. I love that. And so in terms of how you begin creating those relationships, mm -hmm. how do you decide, like, like was it a, a little bit by random in the beginning? And now do you have more strategy in who you're collaborating with? And then um, the second part of that question is like, how do you begin collaborating with another business owner like that? Yeah, when I first started, like I said, I would just go out and meet anybody that I could. I also reached out to creators in Arizona specifically that were very much so who I wanted to be and what I wanted to see for my own life. And I would take them out to coffee. I would have a notebook. I'd write down all the questions ahead of time that I wanted to know. I would ask them just for 15 minutes. I just wanted to pick their brain. I would get everything I could out. And from there, I started to develop relationships because a lot of these uh, content creators, they need help as well. They're busy. So they would then ask me, hey, can you go do, you know, there's a lot of media events, things like that. So they'd say, can you go to this event it for me? You can meet whoever you want to meet, go do your thing. And that is actually how I started to meet business owners more so and meet other people and really network myself. So that's how it started. And then what was the second half of your question? Yeah. So, well, I guess that kind of answers it. So just being able to like meet other business owners who have similar, like similar goals in terms of getting their experiences or their venues onto a platform, reaching out to other audiences. Um, if you were to reach out to a business owner outside of a networking like that, maybe you're going up to Sedona and you want to highlight an awesome hotel how would that look if you're not meeting them in a forum or did you never really do those cold outreaches? Oh, I did. Oh my gosh. I did so many cold <laughs> calls. It was nuts. So I made it a point for myself every single week, I would reach out to no less than five new businesses okay. and it could have been anything. It could have been a coffee shop, restaurant, whatever, but let's take it back to if I were to go to Sedona, see a hotel, whatever. So yeah. I had a template that I would always work on. So it would say, hi, I hi, whatever the business. I want to introduce myself. My name is Andrea Blake. I run Southwest Sampler. I'm coming to Sedona this date. I see that you are here. I'm doing this hike. I would love to talk to you if you'd like to collaborate together. So collaborate, the word collaborate means trade. We're doing a mm -hmm. trade partnership. There's no budget, nothing monetary behind it. So that's the word, the verb I would use is collaborate. And of course, starting what, that was 
probably seven years ago. It was eight years. Like I'm still getting in there. Seven years ago, I'm just getting really getting in there. Seven years ago is uh, again. It was like the businesses knew what this was, so did so. They're like, yeah, I guess you can come for free. Like what the hell? <laughs> right, <laughs> it right. worked. And then if I didn't hear back, I always did a follow up. You always want to do a follow up, otherwise you're just another person in their mailbox. Like you, they want to, in my opinion, they want to know that you care. They want to know that you're really there. So I always yeah. do a follow up. So that's how I really started to reach out to different businesses. Uh, one of them, just to give an example to those who are here in Arizona, Mountain Shadows Resort. That one I had reached out to five times. They never got back to me. They we're not giving me the time of day. And finally, I had reached out enough that the creator was like, you know what? We've seen you've been reaching out. We'll give you a try. And now they're one of my clients that I've been working with since seven years ago. So it just it really goes to like persistence is key. Yeah. You know, I think that's really funny because a lot of times that's kind of key, key for success in any industry. Like you can't just like give up after one try. Um, did you feel, how did you deal with a lot of the rejection? Because I'm sure, you know, even if people weren't responding, there are definitely some no's like, no, we're not interested, or maybe they didn't understand the value. How did you overcome any of that rejection or did you deal with any of that? Oh yeah. I deal with that still. That still okay. happens. Uh, so, <laughs> so the way I dealt with it, uh, previously is I would say something along the lines of, I understand that at this moment and it may not be of value to you, mm -hmm. but I hope we can work together in the future. And then I would mark it in my calendar, reach out six months later just to see. And at the same time, I then had other analytics to back it up. I send them other analytics. Okay. So I reached out previously. I wanted to reach out again. Um, since we previously talked to my business in XYZ, here's the numbers to back it up. If this is of interest to you, again, there's no monetary, you don't have to do any budget, no payment. I just want to know if you're interested. And so again, I would just be persistent. I love that. <laughs> so this is all really interesting to me um, because a lot of times what we only see is what you show, right? It's just, it's just yeah. like the front highlight reel of social media. So, so that's how it works on, on the back end. How do you think it works on the front end with, in terms of branding, you have a really approachable, authentic brand, Thank but, you. but it's very polished at the same time. Right. It's like, it's like very cool girl a little bit. I get that, but not in a way that you wouldn't want to really follow along and feel like you have a place there. You do such a great job of positioning your brand in that way. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that journey because I know brands evolve and I'm sure that it's been kind of a little bit of a journey getting to there. How do you think about your brand and how do you think that it kind of evolved today? Yeah. When I first started, I, again, I focused more on outdoor hiking, things like that. So that's where it started. And even then, I did not like being in front of the camera. I don't want people looking at me. I would actually never face the camera because at the time, it was mainly photos, right? Video yeah. wasn't really a thing at that time. So I never really showed my face. I had to really get comfortable in front of the camera. As soon as I got comfortable in front of the camera, I started acting robotic. I'm not going to lie to you. I was very like, well, in my mind, I see other content creators and how they act on social media. So in turn, 
if that's how they made their living, I then also need to act that way. So I started, to be honest, like I started kind of dressing the part and I wasn't really being myself. So I did that for so many years. And yes, I built this brand because I also, outside of being that person on social media, I was still myself to these clients in real life. I never put up a in real life. So the clients actually got to know me, which is, I believe, how I maintained continuing to create these partnerships and relationships with these clients. However, on social media, people are seeing the highlight reel. They're not seeing the whole in between the sides, this, that. So from there, it's transformed a lot. I just recently, and here's the thing, I've been dipping into trying to be myself more and more on social media. And there's been times I've talked deeply about mental health, what I've been going through, because there's there was a time there, trust me, where there was a lot going on and I just needed to talk about it because if why I just I wanted to. Because I know that uh, when other people talk about certain things and I know that they're going through that, it helped me a lot. So I decided to talk about it on my own as well. So that's really when I started coming out of my shell, being more myself. I will say that within this last year, I have really, really, last months, honestly, like February, I've really been putting myself forward and showing my, every, my community who I am on the like realness like i am being myself and what i've learned is some people don't like it and some people are there for it and with that i've also just like i said today on my instagram stories um i'm not going to be for everybody and i'm totally okay with that because i don't want to bring a community of people that aren't here for me and my genuine self and it's taken a lot of work coming from point a which is when i first started my business to now learning to be myself that has been like a lot of meditation trust me i've had to deal i've had to do a lot of work on this but now that i'm here i'm like oh my god i can finally be me <laughs> thank god <laughs> you know it's way so, more yeah. fun mm -hmm. it is way more fun yeah do you find that when you are like feeling in your authentic self and you're letting your personality come through, has it made it easier to create content or like maybe less friction in the process? 100%. Um, my sister, she was helping me with content for a few years there. And I noticed that I, I would get very like sharp, very quick. Cause I was like, it has to be perfect. Everything mm -hmm. has to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, what? And I'm just, I was in my head because again, that's what I was taught by looking at other creators on social media, that everything has to be perfect. And quite frankly, it was running me into the ground and I did not do it. I dreaded at one point, I want to say last year in June, I dreaded making content. And I was like, well, I have built this business and I've been working on this for so long and it's something I've always wanted. So what's wrong here? I was just so confused and it came down to, I just had to really start doing the inner work and realizing that people are most likely gonna like me for me and not me for this person that they think that they following, you know? Yeah. Hey, it's Stephanie. 
We know that you love tuning into the show each week, and I appreciate your continued support. Now we have a fun opportunity for you to get even more involved with the Market Authority community. How would you like to have your thoughts and opinions featured right here on the show? It's simple. Just leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Here's the deal. Every week, we will pick one lucky listener's review, and we'll read it right here on the pod. That's right. Your insights, questions, and feedback could become a part of the show. So take a moment to leave a review, and who knows, you might hear your name and your thoughts discussed on our next episode. We can't wait to hear from you. Your reviews mean the world to me, and they help me know if I'm on track with the content that we're creating for you. Plus, your reviews help other realtors find this podcast, and we know that sharing is caring, right? Keep those reviews coming, and remember to stay tuned for more expert insights and tips. Thanks for being a part of our journey. Now, back to the show. I I think that you said something really important there, and that you're looking to create a community and mm-hmm. you hit the nail on the head. You can't create community without being willing to start that relationship. And it's a two-sided relationship. And when we're mm-hmm. putting up that that very um, that facade of perfection, it's almost making it impossible to open a deeper conversation. And maybe that's part of what you found in just allowing yourself to like take it further past, like, you know, oh, this trail or oh, this retreat. Mm-hmm. And instead, like, what what kind of lifestyle are you really looking to build in the Southwest? And how can how can I, Andrea, help you do that? Maybe I'm just completely projecting though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing is in person, I would have people come up in person and they would ask questions like, Well, how do you do this or do that? Because and they would say the words because you seem perfect. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, you don't know me, do you? And then <laughs> it's not them, it's me. Like I'm not being me. And then I just, again, I just had to do a lot of self-reflection of, I need to show people who I am and actually what I go through day to day or what I don't go through in my life. I don't know. I just need to be more me because I never want somebody to come to any of my channels and think that I'm living this life that's completely unreachable. I want people to come and know that Life is limitless. You can really live any type of life that you want. And that's what I strive for. But I also want you to know that my life is not perfect. And I go through a lot of the day-to-day stuff many people do. Yeah, I love that. And it makes it so much easier to connect with you too. Because um, you've always, you always have really fun content. And I've followed you from years just since the first time that you and I were connected um, years ago. And it's easy to watch your content and to follow along and to stay engaged because you're not just peddling like, Oh, go on this experience today. It's like more mm-hmm. so of that, like greater story. Is there, how would you, how would you describe your, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say something. So that struck okay. a level brain. So what you just said right there, um, there was a moment and it's what I was talking about earlier in June, last June, when I felt very, like into the ground. I was like, I don't like this. What am I doing? I built all this. I don't want to be here. So here's what happened is I was only posting ad stuff. I was just like, here's another thing. Here's another thing. I I was just being like, it felt like um, a magazine almost. I was like, here's that and that. And, that. and I wasn't putting any authenticity into it. I was just mm-hmm. like, I'm here, take that, you know? 
And I actually had a few people comment on my stuff and like, wow, you're not even like showing who you are. You're just an ad. You're just an ad. And I kept getting stuff like that. Not all the time, but it was enough to make me like, again, adjust and think, okay, I need to know what these people are saying. And I did. And I took that and I ran with it because I was like, you know what? I'm not having a good time either. So let's do something about that. So how did you make that pivot? Because I've been there too. I, um, you mentioned your mental health uh, journey. I am on my own journey after suffering um, from like postpartum anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And it rocked me to my core. And it's been really challenging for me to show up on social media in the way that I feel like I'm used to. And it was the same thing where it's like you start going through those motions in your head of like, why am I even doing this? Like, is this even, you know, contributing to anything or anybody? How did you kind of make that pivot? Did you just decide to start having fun with it and posting whatever came to mind? Or did you have a strategy? So at first I went down um, not a fun path. I feel like I was really on this. I was not having a good time with myself. Like I just was not treating my body well. I was not treating my mind well. I wasn't really doing much for myself at all. Mm-hmm. And so after I came out of that slump, I then started like I looked in the mirror and I was like, who do you want to be? Because this is not who I see myself being. This isn't what I want to. I just don't want to see this anymore. So from there, I started. I mean, I was already doing therapy, but I started really more so getting into therapy once a week. I was only doing like once a month at one point. That I started going to meditation classes. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. So I started doing that. Started really taking care of myself. I made it a point to work out every morning, whether that was a walk outside, getting my eyes adjusted to the light, getting some sun on my skin, um, or going to the gym. And I go to Frame. It's over in Tempe. So it's a scheduled class, but they kick your ass and it's really good. So you don't have to think, you just got to go. And as I started implementing these little, they seem big, but they're actually little things and making myself a morning routine. That's when I started to notice my attitude change. And I started to notice I was more confident in the mirror. I just started to have all these different outlooks on my life. And the biggest one was going back to meditation. I was, I got to be honest with you, prior to experience, I was like, meditation? Like, I just didn't get it. Like, I hike a lot by myself, and that's my form of meditation, and that's what I understand. But laying there and meditating, I just couldn't get the concept until Uh this recent time that I started doing it. So I was laying there, I was doing it, and there was this voice in my head that kept yell, like literally yelling at me and it said, be you. And it kept saying, saying, saying like, be you, be you. And it was yelling. And I remember thinking and yelling back and being like, I am being me. What the fuck do you mean? Like I was so confused. And as I started to, so there's one instance, this is actually like what broke the candles back. Mm-hmm. I was, I don't know if you remember, but TikTok was about to get completely like cut. Yeah. Do you remember all that? Uh-huh. Yeah. How could I forget? Right. Is so the TikTok, TikTok in the Wi-Fi? <laughs> yeah. Everything like TikTok was about to get like taken off. The U.S. didn't want it. We're done. So yeah. I remember I was sitting outside of my Pilates class and I had a contract with Visit Mesa. 
And I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask my audience, my community, where in Mesa they would like to go. I, it was something about the Fresh Booty Trail. So mm-hmm. I had my phone. I propped it up on my um, my steering wheel. And I just, because I was like, TikTok's going to get deleted anyway. Who the fuck cares? Like, I, that's what I registered. Like, who cares? Yeah. So I put my phone up. I started recording. I was being my authentic self because I had nothing to lose. It's going to get deleted. Who cares? Literally, I just kept saying that. I posted. I left for an hour back from Pilates and bam, that's when it hit me. I was like, oh, be yourself. Oh, oh, what the heck? Yeah. So that's when it really registered for me. And since then, I've been trying to implement that and just, again, just really full on as if I'm having a conversation with my friend in the phone. That's what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I love that for you. And I love that you had that big shift. And I'm interested to see how it shows up on different platforms, if it does show up differently. So what, which platforms are you on today? So right now I have TikTok, Instagram. Those are the biggest ones. YouTube as well. YouTube is one that I've slowly been growing. That's one that I'm, I feel like I'm in a good place now because when I first started YouTube years ago, I was not being myself. I was okay. being who I thought people wanted me to be, and I did not like it. Why it's taken me so long to get here, as far as YouTube. Um, but on all social platforms now, I feel as though I'm really truly being authentic to myself. TikTok is much more rated. I've noticed that people on TikTok like to see more of like my voiceover, like I have a different voiceover than I do in my real life voice. My voiceover is, let's see. Um, give me a pick. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, you're going in to salad and go in the drive-thru and you're getting the okay. buffalo chicken salad. Okay, ready? Have you guys ever had the buffalo chicken salad? This is so good. It's over here at salad and go in, I don't know, in Gilbert, Arizona. Like that's very much my, did you hear it? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very enunciated, a little yeah. bit higher reflect uh, inflection. I love it. <laughs> so that's more of my Instagram curated, but still, you know, whatever. Um, and then TikTok is me like just being me. I literally, I don't have a script written out. I don't have anything. It's just me. Okay. I'm here. at am going like, I just very much so talk or I actually one-on-one talk to the camera. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're not you're not doing a lot of reposting. You're taking the same content bit, but you're just kind of reformatting it for the specific platform. Correct. Okay. That's more work. It is. Okay. It is more work, but I know that I know what people like to see. So yeah. If, if that's what they see, I'm all for it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What do you? What is it that you're wanting to accomplish on YouTube? I'm I'm a, I'm really into YouTube. We've got a mediocre. I would say I, for me, I'm proud of my audience on YouTube. Um, not by any means the biggest, but it's done a lot of really cool things for my business. What do you see it doing for you and your brand? Um, I that is actually what I'm trying to figure out because I'm so new to YouTube. If okay. you guys, the people watching, if you guys go see my YouTube you will see that I have dedicated guides. So these guides are very much like a travel channel-esque vibe. 
I'm going to the place, I'm doing a voiceover, I'm showing the location, I'm showing where I'm at. I'm very much like engulfed in showing it like a travel channel type show. Yeah. So I am having this, sh I'm having this, uh, I don't know what I want yet with YouTube. I'm having, I want that where it's very like styled and curated and beautiful. But then I also don't know if people want to see more of like the raw me vlog. I don't know what people want to see. So I'm really just kind of feeling that, feeling that out right now. So instead of waiting until you have all the answers or you feel like you're perfectly prepared, you're just saying, you know, F it and getting started, which is yeah. my preferred approach. We call it, we call it, get it, like do it sloppy, but get it done. Is that kind of like what, well, exactly. not that your content is going to be sloppy, but. I know what you mean. That's exactly what it is. It's like, you got to, nothing's ever going to be perfect. It goes back yeah. to being perfect. Yeah. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. So as long as you do something and then just learn from each of your experiences, you actually didn't fail. You learned. Yeah, no, I totally agree. We have uh, one of our company values is that failure is a natural part of the innovation process. Mm, and, like and, and so we look at failure as a reason to celebrate because that means that we took action and we get to learn something from it. Um, can you share with me a little bit? So our audience is real estate agents. Mm -hmm. And part of what I think is so helpful for real estate agents to do is to create that brand and authority in their local market so that they can have life beyond the sale. Because what a lot of real estate agents do is they have the clothes they're you know, they sell the house and then they like forget to reach out to that client for like five years. Mm -hmm. And then they're driving down the neighborhood and they see a sign in that yard five years later. And they're like, oh, no, like I could have, you know, why didn't I stay in touch? I could have helped them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that a big part of that is just becoming the local expert. Can you speak a little bit to how you've been able to build authority with your brand just by really digging roots into the Southwest? Yeah, what I do a lot of the time with my clients, and I hope that this goes into helping everyone watching this too, yeah. is I it's I like to build relationships, not just I'm not here for the dollar sign. I'm not. I want to build a relationship because the relationship is going to be, um, it's going to go way further than just that one sale. So, for instance, Petal Hotempi, I right. So I've known the owner for. I want to say six years now. And I, so I just love to keep in contact. Like if I see him at the brewery, I go hang out. I have a beer with him. I really just make it like a relationship, a friendship. I'm not there to get the fucking money. I just want to build a relationship with you because no, he's building new businesses and now he wants me to be a part of it. And it's all because I really just made that relationship. And I, Honestly, I feel like that's how I've gained a lot of the business that I have now is based off of these relationships, especially if it's a word of mouth business, you're definitely going to just want to put your best foot forward and just, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> just yeah. build the relationships. That's way more, to me, that's way more valuable than just a one-time paycheck. Yeah, I agree. Have you found that you've been able to scale more quickly by leading into just that relationship-driven connection? I That's the interesting part. So with social media and how it is now, I feel like people are scaling a lot faster because of the way it is now. 
However, I can't, I can't speak to the fact that those scaling fast are making the relationships to last. And that's where I feel like I've been different. I feel like I've been, I've been scaling slowly, but I feel like I've been building lasting relationship, which is going to make my business last further. I think that's also really important when it comes to profitability, because I know plenty of influencers who have really impressive audiences and they cannot monetize whatsoever, or they have a really hard time pivoting down the line if they choose to do that at some point. Yeah, that's the other thing. Um, so when it comes to growth in social media, another thing I've noticed is I really don't want my number on my social media, like my follower count to get too high. Because uh -huh. that number, in all reality, doesn't matter. What matters is, is your community going to go and want to do these things that you're showing? Are they going to want to be there with you if you have an event? Are they going to want to be a part of what you're doing? And so I've actually taken down, I have a few posts that have gone viral that weren't paid. And I've taken those down because I was getting followers that weren't there for me. And I know that they're there for now, which is awesome. But are they going to be there when I'm posting about these fun activities I like to go do and I want to help showcase? And then, you know, going back to business, I want to make sure that this my all of my numbers match. I don't want it to be this huge follower count. And then my business got like next to nothing in their ROI. Right. So I really just want to make sure that everyone's here like wanting to do it with me. Mm hmm. <laughs> that's how I that's how I gauge it yeah I've definitely taken posts down when I noticed that I'm just getting not the community that I want interesting I love that so you're always going to be looking to like that quality over quantity for sure yeah. it sounds like yeah mm -hmm. oh gosh definitely that's so cool Andrea, I could talk to you for hours but I do want to be a good steward of your time um, I first want to acknowledge you for being you. I think that you set such a cool, um, attainable example for those who want to show up on social media, but don't know how to do it in a way that doesn't feel phony or inauthentic. And mm -hmm. you've done a really good job, even though it feels maybe to you like you've gone through a major pivot in the last year. I've always felt very connected with you. And I can definitely see that even more so this year. And I want to encourage you for being such an awesome example for us to follow along. And also kind of like our our, our Instagram buddy as as we follow your, your content here in the Southwest. Um, so I want to acknowledge you for that and just being so open Thank with you. your journey. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. For, for those who want to take the conversation further or just follow along, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Southwest Sampler on every social platform. Again, mainly TikTok, Instagram. And if you want to go support my YouTube, I would absolutely love that. If you guys want to comment on any of the videos that you see, just give me some feedback. I would love that as well. Just as I start to maneuver into that side of social media. Yes, absolutely. Okay, we will have all the links to those platforms below. Thank you for sharing. Um, and Andrea, just thank you for being so generous with your time today. I love chatting with you and we should do it again soon. Agreed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. 
If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to the marketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.